What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts that you hear every single week, and my name is Mitch. Who do I have with me today? Uh, you have Kyle with you here today. And uh, we have no boozy. <laughs> but filling in for boozy today, we have another Terror Table alumni, uh, book club member, Tara Oliver Wyman, my sister. Welcome, Tara. What's up? <laughs> Tara hasn't been on, I think the last time you've been on, it's been over a year. since It's we... been a long time, and I'm really actually kind of bitter about it, because the last book I read, I really didn't like, and I never got to talk about it. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, we, we still got to bring it back. And it's yeah. a book that me and Courtney got you for your birthday. Yes. Bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So we will we will do another book club episode soon though because actually I just I uh, just bought two new horror books today so I'm going to be reading those in October so we'll make sure we bring back book club eventually but Kyle you weren't a part of the show when we were doing book club and I probably yeah. never will be because yeah, I haven't read a book read. for like yeah. forty years so <laughs> Tara you're welcome to be on every single book club episode that's ever produced please we that need it sounds great. Hell yeah. Well, we, uh, we're closing out our kid-friendly horror series today with Kyle's pick, which is Coraline from uh, 2009. 2009. I almost said 19-something. I don't know why. <laughs> well, um, okay. It should also be pointed out that this is episode 182, which is the second half of the band Blink-182. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. That's correct. <laughs> you so didn't gonna be through. Yeah, it's a pop punk episode. I like them um, when they were blink, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Machine Gun Kelly's pop punk now. Did you know that, Kyle? I'm very aware. Travis Barker's on that album. I think he does all the drums on the album. Yeah, that's why, like, I don't know, Terry, I don't know if you know. Do you know who Machine Gun Kelly is? Well, of course I do. I'm not, I don't live under a rock, but like, yeah. okay, so you say he's pop punk now. What was he before? He was rap, hip hop, oh, okay. uh, but like more so what he was the worst of the worst, in my opinion. Like I, I, his old stuff was the epitome of everything that I didn't like about rap. He was just but, one of those guys that like rapped really fast. That was kind of his thing. You know, so, what, was it? I thought he was just like, he was chachi and he would do, had the whole well, top knot thing going on. And well, that too. Um, yeah, that too. So the only yeah. reason I know uh, who Machine Gun Kelly is, is because my husband and I used to share a Spotify account. I've since made him get his own account because it was really <laughs> annoying that like he would try to listen to stuff and it would cut out my music, etc. So now we have a duo account, but when we had a shared account, his running, he has like a running playlist and it's a lot of Machine Gun Kelly. Are you serious? Not going to lie. super weird. Oh, that's yeah, because yeah. like in my mind, Machine Gun Kelly is like high school rapper stuff, like high school well, rap. Yeah. That's what and, Chris Wyman likes to run to, I guess. True, but but here's the thing: is that he, his last album, Hotel Diablo. I don't. I, I guess we got to get a PSA out here on Machine Gun Kelly. His last album was fucking awesome, and uh, I didn't. I tried not telling anyone that. I tried not admitting it to anyone. I just like in silence. I would have these big headphones listening to Hotel Diablo. I'm okay, like, hey, so that's fuck. the album, though. That's the album that Chris ran to. Oh, there's some good bangers on that that uh, album. Yeah, but anyways, he's now just straight up pop punk. Like, it's actually, you know, how the last like three Blink 22 albums have been borderline unlistenable. Mm. Yes, I do. Yeah, mm -hmm. these are. This is like a better version of those, like slightly. No, oh, the songs I'll are actually it. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I'll have all to right. Check it out. Yeah. 
I'm sure I lost a whole bunch of horror cred by just talking about Machine Gun Kelly in the first couple minutes of this podcast. But it's okay. You said Diablo. That's like kind of scary. Yeah, so. I guess so. Hey, yeah. And he w- he's been in horror movies. He That's was in Bird true. Box. Well, he was also I, a nerve. Well, and isn't oh, right. he dating Megan Fox, Megan Fox now? And Jennifer's she body. A, she was uh, Jennifer's body. Yeah. Underrated yeah. movie, by the way. Hugely underrated. Terry, are you going to be talking about that today? Uh, yes, I would like to. Okay, sweet. Because, yeah, I, I recently lent that to Tara. So, um, yeah, we got lots of shit to talk about today, uh, which we'll just talk. We'll get through all of our stuff, talk about what we've been up to, what we've been seeing. But it's important that we also point out that we are going to be uploading another episode in two days. Uh, so this is airing on September 29th, which is a Tuesday. And we have another episode coming out on October 1st, which is this Thursday. And the reason being, that's our four-year anniversary as a podcast, and we've already recorded the episode, and we have a very, very special guest that we've been sort of teasing on our Instagram, but uh, Kyle, do you want to say anything about this, or are you worried about giving anything away? Well, I'm 1,000% worried about giving anything (laughs) away, but what I will say is if there's one fucking episode to listen to, (laughs) it's probably this one. (laughs) Um, I'm extremely excited for it. You probably see this show sometimes that you're like, you know, your uh, podcast subscription feed. You get you see shit like Sorority Row or Stay Alive pop up. And sometimes you're like, oh, God, what the fuck are these guys doing? But this one, trust me, is it's, it's worth it. Um, yeah, I won't say I really, anything more than that. But Quality yeah. content. Yeah. yeah. I'm extremely Happy excited anniversary, for lads. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's crazy. Four years. That is nuts. Kyle, you're not even the same person as you were four years ago. It's actually a, that is without a doubt the most accurate thing you've ever said on this show, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Tara, I have to say, I know the pains of sharing a Spotify account. Me and my good friend, uh, and I guess friend of the show, Daniel Mason, once shared a Spotify account and shit got really fucked. It was, it was, it was terrible. (laughs) I, I'm like, I'm an Aries, so I'm super fiery to begin with. What does that mean? So I would be like the God of fire. Aries? Aries is the god of war, but Aries oh. is my astrological sign. But um so I'm like super like hot tempered and such. Uh so like I'd be driving. So you only listen god. to Pantera. Wait. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say so, I mean, about what can you say about Libras? Libras? Oh, my husband's a Libra. Quality people. Wow, there you go, Mitch. Quality people, yeah. I personally that. think Libras are kind of fucked. Well, well you're not you wrong. Know, there's, I am there's a cancer. A, there's somebody for everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Tara, what were you saying before Kyle cut you oh, off? Oh, no, it's all good. I was just saying that I'd be like driving in my car, listening to my Spotify, you know, you know, listening to a jam, happy, cruising, and then it would cut out. And then some god awful music would cut in because it would be my husband changing the song. And my husband and I have very different tastes in music, so it's not like I could just like go with the flow and and just listen to whatever it was. So then I would I would text him in all caps, "Get your own Spotify account." So finally, just just this past weekend, actually, we pulled the the trigger and and got the duo account. Well, it's been that long. Well, you guys are, yeah, that's that's powerful. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you know. Pe- us opinionated folk, we can't we can't share Spotify accounts. That just don't doesn't work. No, no, yeah. it's not a good deal. Yeah. Well, uh, do you guys? Oh, I guess uh, another thing I'll say before we get on with the show is if you guys are missing Boozy this week and you want to hear some Boozy, he is on the latest episode of So Be It, yeah. uh, that music podcast with our friends Jeff and Johnny. 
I know they're, t- I don't know, actually, I, the only one that I know they're talking about, because I haven't listened to it yet, they're talking about the new Deftones album, Ohms. Man, I haven't uh, listened which, to it yet. I have not listened to it yet. You haven't listened to Ohms? No, I need to get I on I cannot this. believe I opened the show up with talking about Machine Gun Kelly. And <laughs> well, it's, that's Fuck. your fault, man. That is totally yeah, your fault. Like, okay, in comparison, Ohms is a hundred times better than the new what? Machine Gun Kelly, but it's amazing. Well, you it's didn't amazing, have to tell me man. that. I just assumed. Don't get me yeah, wrong. No disrespect. I actually like the Machine yeah. Gun Kelly shit. It's pretty good. Yeah, but, but new, new Deftones is unreal. It's like, honestly... I got to keep listening to it, but it's like top three albums for me now of theirs, sure, which is exciting. The band's been around for what? 20 some years. So yeah. they've been putting out stuff they've forever. Stayed consistent too, honestly. That's yep. the thing. Yeah. They only have one album that kind of bores me. And it was the one before this, which is gore. I wasn't crazy about gore. I honestly forgot that one came out. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's, let's talk about what we've been up to and what we've been seeing. I know Tara, you are on the show because you have two young kids. You have Gracie who I forgot her age when we, She's we eight. got to, yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we got together, McCourtney and I came over to Tara's place, Tara and Chris's place. And we had a movie night. We watched Coraline. Was this last Friday? Fuck it. It was last Friday, yeah. Yes, okay. It was a blast. We're going to get to that. But uh, your kids are pretty into spooky stuff already. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just kind of goes with the territory. Hereditary. They're home with me, so I work from home, and uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time with them, and one of my favorite things to do with my kids is watch movies. And, uh, yeah, I've been trying to expose them to things age appropriate trying right. so to what anyway. what is because that's what, what we realized when we were watching Coraline is that I was Gracie's age when I was watching like child's play vampires I was one year off from seeing the Blair Witch Project I had seen like so much stuff around that age uh that's sickening looking yeah. at Gracie and thinking that I was watching stuff of that age what's what's the stuff that like Grace and Scout kind of gravitate towards to well, uh, like we just yesterday finished watching, um, is, is it Jurassic World? Like the, the most recent Camp Cretaceous, I think it's called. Oh no, like Gracie the, does love that, but I'm the, the animated the most show? recent Jurassic World movie. Oh, oh, Fallen Kingdom. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the, that just came out on Disney plus or Netflix, one of the two. And the, not, Chris and I saw it in the theater, but the girls hadn't seen it yet. And they've seen all the other uh, Jurassic Park movies. So they wanted to watch it. And Chris, being the reasonable person that he is, was like, no, Tara, like, there's no way we can't show them this. Like, it's too intense. Like, there's too many intense scenes. And I said, well, let's just put it on and just see how it goes. Like, if it gets too much for them, we'll turn it off or, you know, cover their eyes or whatever. And, uh, yeah, we made it through it, it. It takes us three nights to watch one movie because, you know, they're eight and five. So we start watching a movie at seven 30 and then it's bedtime soon after that. So yeah, the, anyway, so that's, that's the most recent thing we've watched with them aside from Coraline, but, uh, they're, yeah, like I can't imagine Gracie watching the shit that you were watching no. when you were eight and nine, like. I, it's no wonder you turned out the way you did. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah. that shit will warp your brain. There's something special about like the broken up uh, into separate days, like viewing experience when you're a kid, though, because that makes the movie feel so much longer and more like massive than it actually is. 
Yeah, it's but, an event. Yeah, exactly. Then when you grow older, you're like, holy shit, Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom, what a movie. Exactly. And you watch it again and you realize that it's not quite what you remembered. No. and like I have oldest, that experience all the time. My oldest loves dinosaurs. And so like anything Jurassic, anything, she wants to watch it. And she's watched Jurassic Park, like the original. Or, like it's one of those ones where she'll just turn on just for the heck of it. That's sick. But, That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's amazing. But Fallen Kingdom, I mean, like, upon rewatch, like, we saw it in the theater when it first came out. And, of course, it was like, oh, man, that, that was a stinker. But upon rewatch with the kids, there are a few scenes that are, like, pretty slick kills and, like, really fun. I don't know. W- watching it, anticipating my kids freaking out made it yeah. all the more enjoyable. Well, that one, it's like they, they did, it's, they seemingly did try to ramp up the horror in that one. Cause like yeah. with the, the whole mansion at the end and like, there's the, there's certain scenes with the velociraptors are almost like they're more, I know, I realize that they are kind of monsters themselves, right. but they, there's just something more monstery about them rather than just straight up dinosaurs in that movie. Well, there's that scene near the end where the Indoraptor is on this on the uh, the roof of the mansion, yeah. and the little girl Maisie is in her bed, and she's like hiding from the dinosaurs in her bed, and it's like thundering, lightning, and raining outside, and the the Indoraptor with like his claw like yeah. op- slowly opens the the window like. I remember seeing that in the trailer and thinking, "Holy shit, this one might actually be good." Yeah. And then it wasn't. Well, no, for me. but the, but there are moments like that. And like yeah. the kids loved like what the, the Pachycephalosaurus um, just kind of shows up out of mm. the blue, just ramming its head into shit. Like they thought that <laughs> oh, was. Oh, right. Funny. I love that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, wait. that Yeah. That's the dumb one that just keeps running into shit. Yeah. That like <laughs> broke them out of the cell. Yeah. Yeah. So, so does Gracie want to be half half dinosaur now? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. She has before the we started watching the movie. She was like doing a raptor impression and running around the main level of the house and making the most god awful raptor sound that was like really quite realistic. Yeah, she's, she's like a, a programmer from, from. She's a programmer from the movie Grandma's Boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm curious though. So, like, let's say you're watching a film with your kids and it does get too scary. What is how, like, is there trauma in their veins purely on the fact that they had to turn the movie off and they never got to know what happened? How do you deal with that? Uh, I can't, we've never actually turned a movie off. Oh, okay. So I haven't got to that point yet. We, many a times I have covered the five-year-old's eyes. Fair enough. Cause yeah. she seems like the one who deals with it better whenever I'm around. Here's the thing though. I've, you know. I've always thought Scout, Scout is my younger daughter, the five-year-old, and I always thought Scout, because she's such a fiery a-hole sometimes, I always thought she'd be my my horror buddy. Yeah. But, like, yeah, no, she's way more sensitive than she lets on. Like, she would, she's much more into, like, descendants and princesses and, like... Oh, yeah. Like, Gracie will watch a creepy show with me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I've I've covered their eyes, but I've never... We've ne- we haven't watched anything that's been so intense yeah. that we've had to turn it off. So you've done like you've done goo. Uh, have you done some of the Goosebumps episodes? Not the episodes, but the movies. <sighs> the, movies? Yeah, the movies. Do they like those? They're amazing. The kids yeah. love them. 
Yeah, the first yeah. one's so good. I still haven't yeah. seen the second one, but you said it's pretty bad, Mitch. Yeah, I didn't like it, but I'm also a 30 year old man. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that, so that, that's the thing. Like, I think it's weird that I like the first one as much as I did, but like, it's, just a, fun it, ride. it's a better movie. Like, well, it's, and that's like, as a parent, like, even though I'm a, a grown woman in my late 30s, like, as a parent, I still like can find enjoyment in shows that other people might say are crap because I well, yeah. can watch how much my kids enjoy it. Yeah. So I no, find totally. something redeemable about it. Yeah. You're not a snob like Mitch. No. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. If, Man, if and whenever I have kids, they're going to be the snobbiest kids. Oh, it's going to be sick, be though. It's going to be unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> little snobby ass pricks. Oh, they're oh. going to be so awful. Covering up the eyes is like one of the worst things, though, too. I remember being a kid and my dad covered my eyes at the beginning of Crossroads in the theater. He didn't want me to see. He didn't want me to see Britney Spears in her underwear. Oh my god! Which was like disrespect. It's a little more fucked up that your dad was with you when you saw Crossroads in the theater. Okay, we tried to go see Big Fat Liar. I was sold out. We saw Crossroads. What do you want from me? I saw Crossroads three times in theaters. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> right after the concert, of course. Yes. No, this was years after. Yeah. But. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, and you've done Ghostbusters with the kids. Have yeah. you done Hocus Pocus yet? Oh yeah, Hocus Pocus is like that's that's like three times a year viewing in our house. They love it. Well, they. <laughs> <laughs> I think More they yours. love it because of how much I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes like, sense. That's adorable, it's, though. It's, yeah, it's probably not like something that they would pick to watch on their own, but because like when you like when you and Courtney came over to watch Coraline, like you can see, like I make a. Like movie night is an event in my yeah. house, so like the girls get excited about watching any movie because I let them eat candy and popcorn, and we make you know big forts in the living room, and like so they're it's the whole experience. So yeah. they know watching kids chow down on uh, candy get, corn. Yeah. Oh, we love candy corn over here. I fuck hard with candy corn. Love yeah. candy corn. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Are you gonna show them Little Shop of Horrors? Do you think they they've would dig seen that? It. Oh, they have. Great. Yeah, they've seen Man, it. These, pe- yeah. these kids are experts. These kids They're are watching more movies my, than well, me. <laughs> we lo- we're big uh, we're big music like musical nerds in our oh, house. Okay. So, um, yeah, like Little Shop is uh, the we've seen it multiple times with the kids. Sweet, sweet. Well, let's uh let's get into what we've been up to in the last couple of weeks. Who wants to go first, Kyle? Uh, well, <laughs> nothing. I- I technically have nothing. However, there was there's one movie I'd love to talk about, but I can't talk about it because it's it's what okay, is related yeah. to our yeah. special episode. Say no um, more. At Save some point, time. at some point, I'd love to talk about my general just general feelings on that movie, but that will have to come at a at a at a different time. So I'm gonna have to pass it on to you here, Mitch or or, or Tara. Go ahead. Yeah, um, Tara, I'll give you a little break. So you've been doing a lot of talking. I'll I'll do one, and then you can do one. We'll pass it back and forth. Sounds um, good. What's funny is that I think the last time you were on Tara was for the book club episode where I read The Devil All the Time by yes. Donald Ray Pollock. That was the book that I had read, and uh, the film is now out on Netflix. So oh, the, no kidding. Yeah, the movie adaptation is out. It is directed by Ant- Antonio Campos, who directed the movie Christine in 2016, which is another emotionally draining, borderline masochistic watch that I adored. Um, 
So uh, this one, it, the, what's really cool about it is that the movie's actually narrated by Donald Ray Pollock, the, the writer of the novel. Oh, cool. um, so this was probably my most anticipated movie of the year because I was in love with that. Oh, sorry. I closed my window. <laughs> um, yeah, live in the hood. Uh, I was <laughs> east side. Come on, of Don't even do. Yeah, get yeah. Out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was I was a huge fan of that book. I absolutely loved it. I, I honestly think it's one of the best books I've ever read. So I was incredibly excited to see how they would pull this movie off. And um, the movie is clocking in a little over two hours. The book's pretty dense. It's pretty thick. So overall, I think the it's a really good movie. Like this is really strong and it's like just amazing acting right across the board. You have, uh, there's who's, who, I'm going to pull up the cast because the cast is just insane in this thing. Um, we have Robert Pattinson who pretty much steals the show. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, who's Pennywise, Tom Holland and, uh, who is it? Riley Keough, Sebastian Stan, Jason Clark, Harry Melling, who is, uh, he's, what the fuck is his name in, uh, du- he's Dudley. Dudley what? in uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, he plays the a character in the book that I just, I couldn't believe. Like, when they when I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, of course they cast him as this character. Um, but it's just, it's a miserable, miserable experience of a movie <laughs> that is just so good. It's so good. Uh, I do okay. wish, I wish it would have been a, a miniseries. Because I like it's very true detective esque, and it is one of. The, but the thing is, even like Courtney didn't read the book, and I think from what I've gathered from most, I, I think I was conditioned to the level of misery I was in for because I read the book and I kind of knew what to expect. And I think obviously the general audience who's clicking on this movie isn't expecting it to be such a like grading and hard to watch film. So I can understand why they didn't want to make this thing 10 hours, uh, <laughs> but I totally would have taken it, but that just goes to show that I'm a very depressed man. Uh, but I, I fucking, I loved it. I thought it was great. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend people check it out. That's it's on sick. Netflix I've, now. I've seen awesome. a lot of people giving like, like pretty like solid reviews, but not a lot of like, you know, like fives or like fours. Like, what do you think? What do you think is the main thing holding people back from this movie? Is it just kind of like the depressing nature of it? or It's for sure the depressing nature. And it could be one of those stories that people, it's kind of like, I don't want to like really compare it to No Country for Old Men because like it, they're, they're very, oh, it is very similar to No Country for Old Men in just the style of the, in the style of the storytelling. Yeah. And I could see it being a little dry for some people. Sure. But honestly, man, on my letterbox, it's mainly four. I think I have one. I think I have the lowest score out of anyone. I gave it three and a half. I think that's a good score. But yeah, maybe um, I'm just friends with weirdos because I have a lot of twos on here, and I'm just curious. Yeah, <laughs> but well, you also like you're you have some friends who like to like fart in bags and smell them. Oh my! Yeah. Well, so, who doesn't? Right? Uh, yeah. Um, what's okay? You're saying Robert Pattinson kind of steals the show here. How how is my boy Tom Holland? How's he playing? Tom, okay, so every everybody's talking about Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson, and Tom Holland's amazing as well. Like they're both so good. But the thing is, like, this is we're we're getting to see Robert Pattinson really show off his acting chops, which is no secret to anyone who has been keeping an eye out on the stuff he's been doing the last couple of years. But there's still so many people out there who still just think of him as the Twilight guy. 
and he's anything but that. He's if any like he's one of the best actors working right now. I think he's and honestly my favorite actor right now. Me, me too, man. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Like uh, and especially after this movie, he was he was so good. And I saw Tenet as well, and he's really good in that. Like if um, Michael Fassbender's listening, I'm just kidding. It's you, Michael Fassbender. But if he's not <laughs> listening, then it's it's then it's Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Pattinson. He's just he plays such a despicable piece of shit in it. So there's always more. It, the thing is, everyone in this movie is despicable. Like right. every every character is so mean and has a dark side to them that gets uncovered in some way. And it's just like it's it's hard to find who you're rooting for in the movie. So I could see that being another thing that people could have a problem with. Uh, but I think that that's actually the point of the story. The like this. I don't want, I don't want to get all philosophical and give away plot points of the movie, but um, I think if, if there's anyone out there listening who has seen the movie or has read the book, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. That that's kind of the point of the mo- point of the story is gotcha. that all these people are terrible and they're ending up in the same place. Um, so I, I definitely recommend it. That's by far the darkest thing I'm going to be talking about today. <laughs> so that's the devil all the time. Tara, what do you got? Nice. Uh, I, I mean, it, if I'm talking about stuff I've watched since the last time I was on the show, that's a that's a long list. But uh, I guess this past week I binge watched um, Ratchet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing: it gets better. Oh no! Like that pilot was painful. There was the like I I visually like I love a period piece. So visually, I was like here for it the costuming is gorgeous the you know it's it's gorgeous to look at i was really curious to see what they would do with the story of nurse ratchet because it's such a an interesting character that could be developed um and i would say the first like two or three episodes were a little painful but i really enjoyed it by the time i've like i finished the entire season and uh, and I want to see a season two. I want to see what happens with these characters. You're the only person I've heard say that. I so know. I saw breaking, a friend of breaking the news. show. Friend of the show, Mike Fisher, wrote some like scathing stuff on Facebook about it. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, and that and I read, uh, you know, those comments before I watched the series. And so I kind of had them in the back of my brain when I was watching. And um, yeah, it's. It's more like I was trying to pinpoint what it was that I didn't like about the first few episodes. Sarah Paulson. You know, it's not Sarah Paulson. It's Can we bring back Cancellation Corner? Yeah, I was just going to say. Let's bring it back for one. Sarah Paulson. (laughs) I hate her so much. No, I'm not into it. She's got to go. I got the only thing I can say about Sarah Paulson is we get it, bro. We just get it. She gets like, why is she taking every fucking role? Like there's like she there's so many roles that like. It's just a, it's annoying right. seeing her get all all of the same roles, and she does the same thing with all of them. Well, you re- this is this is what you did, but you actually brought back cancellation quarter just for Sarah Paulson. That's like yeah. kind of. So kind of I've got to disagree that she's the same person in every role. I really do disagree with that, and I think um, it's important to have a female perspective here. And you guys are sick of seeing her and everything, but she's probably under a lot of pressure to take, you know. Like if she's being offered roles and she's hot right now, you gotta you gotta 
cash that's in true, while but, you can. But offer another female perspective. I want another actor, actress. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. Is there's so many other female actresses, like female actors who can be taking on these roles, and it seems that she keeps on doing like like I don't know if you've seen like any of the American Horror Story stuff. Even like her characters in that seem so similar to Ratchet, and also. Like this, so this is a spinoff of like it's a loose spinoff side story of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Why her? Very loose. Very Out of loose. everyone in that story, they choose her to talk to. Like I get it. I get. I guess this is the female. Okay. But but like, have you watched Mitch, come on. the Netflix series of Mitch? Ratchet? Yeah. I will never. Okay. I so I can't. The the story that they you know because there's not. It, that character of Nurse Ratchet is like it's like your stereotypical battle axe of a woman, right? Yeah. And like what they've done with the character is really, really interesting. They've kind of turned her into this like really broken, uh, dark, like angel of mercy type character. And uh, and I don't, you know, I mean, like. Like I've said a thousand times in the past, I am just not as hard on shit as as you are, Mitch. True. And uh, no, I'm I'm stuck. You like a, it? Yeah, I found a lot of redeeming, um, interesting things to to take away from it. Well, but yeah, yeah the first the pilot was like, I all I could think was like somebody made that choice, like somebody made that directing choice, like that. Yeah. That's Ryan Murphy. He's also like, if we're going to keep cancellation corner here, let's throw him in there as well. I mean, he yeah, made I Nip think... Tuck. Well, we'll, we'll take Nip oh, Tuck. I love but... Nip Tuck, but Nip, Nip Tuck, Tuck got so far shit. off the yeah. range. We got to get Glee out of here. Oh wait. Glee. Oh my God. Ryan Murphy also Mi- made, where's my box set? He made popular. <laughs> popular is a great show. See, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. But, that's a... uh, what's the, ho- the, he made that Hollywood show. The last year to this year oh, as well yeah what is it it's on netflix but it's just called hollywood yeah it's just his yeah. his thing is to just like he talk he tries so hard to just tug on everyone's heartstrings so so badly by being just uh-huh. like yeah, i don't know it just annoys me tara though actually i was talking to a friend just last night and he's kind of said the exact same thing as you he's like honestly the first couple episodes sucked but like i like the rest of it like i got through and yeah. i really enjoyed it so and there's good. some really cool like just some really interesting solid characters that I yeah, I enjoyed. And I and like if you know, it's set in the late forties, early fifties. So like the cars and the clothes and the hairstyles, like That's what all... made me almost want to watch is because I love that era. Exactly. Yeah. It's visually yeah. like really delicious to watch. But yeah. um Well, that's and, actually yeah. kind of optimistic though. I mean, if you're saying the show got better, maybe the second season will like it will all be good, and we can just yeah. all watch Ratchet. Well, and yeah, Cynthia yeah. Nixon is in it, and she was excellent. And, uh, yeah, a handful of other actors that I've never seen before, but really delivered some, like, compelling performances. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, um, anyway, I watched that, but then I, uh, when the lockdown first started, I texted Mitch, and I was like, I need to borrow some movies, because I'm not going to make it. And he lent me Pie Wacket and Jennifer's Body. Yes. <laughs> so I spent one. And that was right the, the week that we had Adam McDonald on, the director yeah. of Pie Wacket. Right. We had him on and I said, watch this before you listen to the episode. Because also Tara listens to every episode. I don't know if you know that, Kyle. I do. So, I okay. Well, 
Well, okay, so hear me out then. So now that you've met me for the first time here, does the real life or this version of Kyle, does it live up to the he, recorded version Tara, of Kyle? He actually renovated his bedroom because we made fun of him so hard for it. That's well, not true, for one thing. <laughs> and for the other you know, thing. People have been doing a lot of renovation projects during this pandemic, so, so I think everybody's so just spending a little more time on their, on their home. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean... I've, uh, I don't I've know, what to, I don't know how to right. answer that, Kyle. I need validation, you know? This is, no, this is, okay, this so is therapy. Here's, here's like, he topic. makes sense. I, I, uh, let me put it this way. Uh, Jeff Thiessen messaged me, like, two weeks ago because he's like, I can't for the life of me figure out how Kyle never has anything to bring to the table, <laughs> but he brings fucking bring it on three to an episode i was like dude that's just the most kyle thing ever he's like i don't understand i was like if you met him you'd understand instantly he's like okay like that's the best way i can describe kyle it's like if you know him it's like yeah, of course he watched bring it on three but instead of anything what else he likes. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really that's what it boils down to you know bring it on three is fucking tight i don't care what anyone says that movie's wild <laughs> They've got yeah. bring it on like the the first one is on uh, it's on Netflix now so I think I'm gonna watch it with the girls because I think they would love it. Oh it's yeah, a classic. That's a fucking oh, classic. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna love it. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, How Gracie. Many times can we talk about bring it on on the show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gracie's watched Hamilton like eight times. I haven't seen like, that yet. <gasps> yeah, I still haven't Kyle. seen it. I know. I got. I still that. haven't even seen it. Oh, I love David Diggs. It's a freaking Yo, but I fucking piece. hate Lin Manuel Miranda. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know How who that is. You hate Lin Manuel Miranda. How? It's in the name. I don't know. Like I just. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, you know. gotta you gotta watch Hamilton. It's David Diggs though is fire. Um, he is fire. Well, clipping is great, and then clipping blind, and blind spotting? spotting. Great, Terry. You'd really like blind spotting if you haven't seen that. It's a great movie. Uh, okay. Loved Piwacket. Really enjoyed it. Let's go into it a little bit. What's Pi? Well, actually, no, you don't need to. We've talked about Pi Wacket so yeah, many you times. We've but... done entire episodes on it. Yeah, no, yes, I like it about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer's body also totally solid. Loved it. Kind of want to see a remake at this point. Whoa. Yeah, really. I feel like that's something that's got to happen now. Like they've been talking about it for years and years, but like now that Megan Fox is dating Machine Gun Kelly, I feel like it could actually happen. But like the the story behind Jennifer's body, like I feel like it could have been, um, not like explained better, but like like they there was I felt like there were so many missed opportunities for some really cool gnarly shit that could have happened. Like, like regards just, to the satanic shit. Well, ju- that and and just the fact that she was like this, you know, objectified woman and then went like became was was freaking murdered and then became a like man-eating zombie essentially yeah there's a lot of that story i want you know what you know what i want a series i want a series i want a vampire style series yes of jennifer's body that's That's, what i want get him on the phone (laughs) I mean that movie. That movie's not perfect by any means, but it's way better than what people like were originally talking about it. Oh, like yeah. in that vein, yeah. like it was getting shit on way, way too hard. Moment. It did not. I remember when I saw the trailer. I said I was like, "There's no way I will ever see that movie." Like, yeah, I remember you telling I had me no that. Int- 
I had no interest in seeing it. And then when I saw it, like actually the first time I didn't even really love it, but then it was like a couple years later, I just, I watched it again and it's every time I watch it, it gets better. So good. I, yeah, I so almost good. feel like it's only getting its day in the sun right now. I like, I want it still to take some time for like a remake. Like I don't want it to come out right away, but I, I think that's not the worst idea in the world. It's probably, it would, or a series, a series would probably be best case scenario. I love yeah. a series. I love, I, yeah, either like a, a like a Joss Whedon series or a um, uh, House on Haunted Hill series type situation. Oh, what the fuck has Joss Whedon been up to? What is that? Hasn't guy he been canceled? I thought he has got canceled. He yeah, I'm pretty sure he got. There's like a decent chance. The no, last I, I, time I heard from him is like when he directed an an episode of The Office. Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure there's some uh, there's some dirty stuff under the covers right. there. Well, Understood. But, then get um, who's the guy you insulted on Twitter that directed <laughs> Mike, Flanagan. Mike, Mike Flanagan? Mike Flanagan. Yeah, get Mike Flanagan <laughs> to do it then. That <laughs> you insulted. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, Mike Flanagan would be great, but he's got he's got other great things to do. Busy um, I I don't know. Diablo Cody should go back well, and shit, do it. That too. Yeah. 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 Let's get Diablo Cody doing it again. And honestly, get Megan Fox on board again somehow because the, the, she's also a mom. Ma- yeah. She, well, she's a major reason why that movie didn't work in the first place. This gets so many people turned on her after the Transformers movies. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I got nothing wrong with her. She's dating Machine Gun Kelly. I'm just, okay. I'm going to stop now. She's got to be cool. <laughs> Um, Diablo Cody is making a a Powerpuff Girls TV series, so you know that's gonna be fire. Oh yeah, sweet. That is a weird. That's a weird follow up though. Diablo Cody. I think it was Juno was the movie before Jennifer's Body. It was like a weird like left turn. So totally, the odds were in its favor, but I mean, just talking about it now kind of makes you want to watch it. To be honest, Yeah, yeah, it's good. I got a I got a couple more to knock off if I can. Go for it. Uh, these are all kids movies. And uh, one the one I'm going to start off with it's a rewatch. I've seen this movie a 100 times. Tara, I'm sure you have as well because it was in our house. We grew up with it. We rewatch or I rewatched Casper. Heck yeah. When's the last time y'all Some have seen Devin Casper? Sawa. Yes, Kyle. I've only seen Casper and Wendy the Hillary Duff one. Are you serious? What? I've never seen the original. That's crazy what? talk. Yeah, that is I, insane. Kyle, this movie was made for you. Yeah, it totally was, man. Like, there's... I don't know, man. Like, I think Casper was just like, just a little too old for me when like I was growing up. That might it have seemed... been, yeah, because he's younger. How it, old are you, Kyle? I'm 25. Okay, all right. And I think it was one of those things where it felt like I don't know. If for some reason, when I was younger, it seemed lame. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know why. It just didn't. It didn't catch my attention. Kyle, In you hindsight... have a grassy pillow in your bedroom. See, like, should I grab it? Like. <laughs> When Casper came out, Christina Ricci and Devin Sawa were like, like teenage royalty. See that? Yeah, yeah that, that's just so, right. that's that's too old for me, unfortunately. Yeah. At that time. So at that point, it was like super, like, super relevant. It would have yeah. been more like Adam's Family for me from that era. You know, I would have been. I would have rather been, been older. Watching that. Isn't Adam's Family older than Casper? I'm pretty a sure. A little it is. bit. Like Christina Ricci yeah. probably would around the same age. Yeah, I don't know. This would have been a great pick for the series. Um, I highly recommend people revisiting it. It's on. So it's on true. Netflix now. Uh, the like, man, I don't know this thing. It when it starts, the movie holds up so well, and it just progressively gets worse and worse. Wait. And it's it. Yes, what does Casper have? Those three D ghosts. Sure does. Like yeah. besides Casper, but like the henchmen yes. ones. The henchmen. Yes, they oh are. Oh my amazing. god. 
They're I'm like, so ha- funny. Okay, so I definitely have at least seen bits of the original Casper now. That yes, I loved them. Like yeah. those characters are so fun. And then yeah, you got Christina Ritchie, Bill Pullman, and uh, the grand finale entrance from Young Heartthrob Devin Sawa, who is actually he's Casper. So mm-hmm. that's great. He's uh, that's the man is an idle hands. Final destination. Little Giants. Kyle, you never probably you probably didn't see Little Giants because you were a nerd. Hey, now and then. I have no idea yeah. what Little Giants is. Little Giants was like the Sandlot, but with football. Yeah, great. sports wasn't yeah. really. Um... Yeah, I didn't think so. Wild Wild America was my favorite as a kid. Remember how big into Wild America I was? Fuck yes. Yeah. Oh my god. The man is Stan. He's actually Stan in the Eminem Stan music video. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's the original Stan. Yeah, and it, I don't a, know. Not an MGK fan. Not an MGK. No, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you don't follow Devin Sawa on Twitter, follow Devin Sawa on Twitter. He's hilarious. He's awesome. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, but man. the yeah he's great but like the what the craziest thing about casper is the cameos like there there's a this is all within a 10 minute period there's dan Aykroyd, fred rogers clint eastwood mel gibson rodney dangerfield and john kassir as the crypt, crypt keeper like those are all within five minutes like it's insane um but it just the the movie loses a massive load of its charm when like the heavy religious tones come in at the end because it is a movie about ghosts, and then it, it gets very religious at the end. So that's where it kind of becomes slowly more and more less fun for me. But <laughs> Y'all, look at that photos of Casper. This shit looks insane. This looks up my alley. Oh, it's man. so good. Yeah, Courtney I've, loved that movie. I've well, watched I have it seen... with Gracie in the last, like, it, probably the last two years I made her watch it. Yeah. I know that's I've seen the sequel, Casper and Wendy. Yeah, I saw that one too because I remember that was not very good. No, it's terrible. There's another one after that, Uh, or it might have been. You're thinking of the. I'm trying to think. There was three Casper movies. I'm pretty sure. Oh, let's let's consult um, our best friend. Oh yeah, a Spirited Beginning. Oh my God, that's Uh, the one with the 3D. uh, Who's a Steve Gutenberg, Lori Laughlin. Jesus um, Christ. Am I thinking of the wrong Casper then? Is this what you're telling me? No, these the, it's the same one. That this is just oh, a, I'm looking at the sequel. Gotcha. There's yeah, Casper meets Wendy is the third installment. See, so you stepfather three it. Yeah, I also <laughs> I think there was an animated show like the Spooktacular. Yes, I love so that, that show. Yeah, I just yeah. loved Casper as a kid. You know, Casper seems kind of tight. I just I, like I said, it was just kind of before my time, but I'm game. By the way, if you're looking for some kid-friendly stuff, it's heavy on the Halloween vibes. So it's a, it's that's a good one, and I guess Tara can co-sign on that with uh, yeah. having kids. It's actually it's one that both adults and kids can have fun with. Agree. Not, not it's not one of the best ones, but it holds up well enough. Like it's it's fun. Tara, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get onto the main feature? Ah, uh, let's see. Do you want to do you want to hear about some other like kid-friendly horror adjacent stuff before? Yeah, or, well then or do in you that want to case, talk about that within the main feature. Um let's do that right before, but I'm going so then if that's all you've watched, I'll knock off my last ones. Yeah, go for it. So like I've been building these up for a while. Like I haven't watched all these actually I guess this was last week. Courtney and I watched all three Hotel Transylvania movies. Oh <gasps> fuck yeah. Oh, okay, here we go. I had never seen them before because Aren't they I a start- good time? Okay, so I started Hotel Transylvania like when it came out and I was like, No, I can't can't do Sandler anymore. Like can't like just his voice, it just ruined me. It, like I couldn't do it. And uh 
honestly, these movies are fucking awesome. They're like, a good I, time. I really like them. Like Courtney and I both had a ton of fun with them. Like uh, the, right off the bat, there's a quality Bigfoot taking a giant shit and clogging the toilet joke within five minutes of the first movie. That's amazing. That's I love when Dracula goes sicko mode. Like whenever he goes like super, <laughs> he gets all red. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I got to say, oh, throughout all three movies, my favorite character, David Spade as the Invisible Man. Yes. Oh, isn't so that good. Great? Totally. The Invisible Man playing charades. So funny. They even they make a small dick joke about the invisible man. Like it's the movie's wild, but uh I will say I think uh I don't know, it might be an unpopular opinion, but Courtney and I like we both agreed that it's like our favorites, like Hotel Transylvania two was our favorite one. Same here, man. Well, okay, actually I haven't seen the third though, but I heard the third is maybe the weakest one. It's the weakest one, but it's still not bad. It's not terrible. Um, but it's I I like two, one, three. But I can explain why these movies won't like the My main gripe with these things is the only thing I'd really change is I'm not a fan of like pop music blasting at random times for comedic effect. Like it's it dates the movie in a strange and dangerous way. Like Space Jam is forever tainted because of that disgraceful walking slab of life, R. Kelly. Uh, <laughs> like the the song oh, yeah. these songs You're could not be wrong. the this, the song choices in these movies could be the difference between a Finding Nemo and a Shark Tale. <laughs> Am I wrong? Nope, that's it's, the best way yeah, to do it. It is, like, but you look at all of the best animated movies, they don't have Bruno Mars dance numbers in the middle oh, of them. I get that these movies yeah. are made for children, and I should, I'm not the target demographic, but I'm just saying that, like, these, I, that could be why I didn't give these movies a chance. Like, I kind of wrote them off as, like, um, like minions type movies. And I yeah. was like, they're, no, they're probably just totally too young right. for me. Uh, but there's so much creepy good. Like uh, the Halloween spirit is just awesome. in them Steve Buscemi is the werewolf. Like, Oh I God, love I the, love the werewolf and all his pops. I'm not going to oh. lie. I'm not going to lie. We watched these movies multiple times. <laughs> we were fall, good. We fall, we fall asleep to them now. Like it's our We've thing. Taken the girls when, when it, uh, when the third one came out, we took them to the theater to see it and like made a, like a big theater event of it. Oh and, yeah, uh, the third yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, and that's the one that has Gremlin Air. I love that little like <laughs> they have an airplane that's run by entirely by Gremlins. Oh, yeah, it's a Twilight <laughs> Zone reference. It's There's amazing. So many like, good little nuggets in those movies. That yeah. one, like, that one's on the, a cruise ship, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. And which I Van Helsing is piloting. <laughs> no, he's I not. Am, that storyline to be oh, honest yeah. the storyline is good. i know it's regarded as the weaker of the three but i still like, not bad anything that takes place on a cruise ship with vampires i just think like that i love that yeah. i just love it it's a good point. it did take me until the third one where i said to courtney i was just like wait a minute dracula's been walking around in the sun all three of these movies <laughs> well okay like, you know you know their quality because it's it's gendy Gendy Tartakovsky? That's the guy who made Samurai yeah. Jack and Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. Those are like yeah. some of the best fucking cartoons ever. Like, yeah, just... man, I don't know. I really, I really dug them. I thought they were a lot of fun. And like when we eventually have kids, these are definitely going to be movies I would want to watch with my kids. Yeah, you make you me want to really watch good, the third. Really good point about the music, though. I, that honestly never occurred to me how that could affect how, yeah. how well a movie would hold up. Well, like, because there's some really quality jokes. Like, I was busting a gut at those, like, almost every scene with the Invisible Man. I was laughing my ass off. And, uh, like, so, I don't know. 
yeah, the music was the main thing that really turned turned us off from it. But and that's why the third one I think is the weakest is because there's like so many musical numbers. There's a in lot that of musical one. numbers. Yeah. But it's really just them all dancing to Bruno Mars. And it's like, hey, were you yeah. guys just like light on script and you needed to we, fill ten minutes? Yeah, and like my girls love that shit. Like they. Yeah, and I see that's like, the thing. I could see kids loving it. Oh yeah, like a musical number is that that's the highlight of the movie for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, well, that's everything I watched. I uh, so I give those a big thumbs up, right on. Which I didn't think I was going to do, but uh, yeah, ended up watching all three Hotel Transylvania movies. Something I did not think I would say in twenty 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 has been a weird year. It's a strange time. All right, Terry, hit us with some uh, kid friendly recommendations. Ah, uh, let's see here. So. My kids, we've uh, I've said Hocus Pocus is a uh, like a couple times a year. That's a that's a like a religious experience in my house. Um, all the Jurassic Park movies, Nightmare Before Christmas. My girls like that one quite a bit. So good. Um, I've made them watch Paranorman. They didn't like it as much as I did. Paranorman. Uh, all and of course Great the Adams Family movies that. Uh, Kyle mentioned earlier those are big hits I like the Adams Family values and everything they like yeah. those yeah yeah I loved oh, those yeah. as a kid oh me too I haven't like, seen I, them in years I wanted to be Wednesday Adams and I like my I was looking for my Gomez my whole life <laughs> like that's because like our I don't know if you know this or not Kyle but Mitch and I's parents are divorced I think I've heard it. <laughs> I read something about that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, like Morticia and Gomez is like, like that is like the epitome of what I thought marriage was supposed to look like. And yeah, I think I've referred to Chris as my Gomez before. And Mitchell always corrects me and says that, that uh, Chris is more of a Clark Griswold. Than yeah. a <laughs> he is a Clark Griswold. Which is also Clark's cool too. That's also Clark's good. Cool. Yeah. Both good husbands. Yeah. But uh yeah, those are those are a few of the the kid friendly I remember Boozy Boozy gave some props to the animated Adams. Yeah, we were we were gonna watch that last night, but we didn't get to it. I still like I I feel like I need to give it a shot after like, you know, shitting on those Hotel Transylvania movies without seeing them. I wanna Uh, check it out. Try out that Adams family one. Because it's got like Nick Crawls in it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good people in it. And Scooby Doo, right. like the the cartoons, the originals, the original Scooby Doo oh cartoons, God. yeah, like the girls that because because there's a lot of freaky shit that happens in there and a lot of like paranormal yep. type stuff and the and... Escape from Zombie Island scared the shit out of me oh. when I was a kid. <laughs> that yeah. shit's so meta too. The way they like open it up with like where their lives are, where they're older, and like yeah. I don't know, shit's weird. Actually, no. I, it's funny you brought up Scooby Doo. That was like I almost tried to convince the boys into watching all thirteen episodes of the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo for the show, but wow. we decided that was way too much. <laughs> it's just too much for our <laughs> listeners. Like I would gladly do that with you any day. I love Scooby Doo because I love that shit so much. That's like like one of my all time like, favorite like man, I, Halloween I like traditions. The- I like the live action Scooby Doo's. Oh, I do too. Like yeah, Monsters absolutely. Unleashed. I'm pretty sure. I, actually, I can't really remember that one. That's the yeah. Okay, I remember the first one quite a bit. That was a good one. I think Scoob came out this year, but that, we don't, that doesn't, we, that we doesn't look as good. <laughs> no, I will never forgive them for what they did to Scoob. He do. He do. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, with the. Yeah, we'll just 
take a little quick break and then we'll start talking about Coraline. Coraline Jones always dreamed of finding a better world. A world more exciting than this. But never did she imagine that she'd discover it in her own home. I've been waiting for you, Coraline. Where parents are always fun. I love your garden! Can't believe you did this! And everything is so good. What's shaking, baby? It just can't be real. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have... B-b-b-buttons? Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. You probably think this world is a dream come true. My name! But you're wrong. You do like it here, don't you, Coraline? You could stay here forever. There's one tiny little thing we need to do. Black is traditional. <gasps> She's got this whole world where everything's better, but it's all a trap. You may come out when you've learned to be a loving daughter. From Henry Selick, the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, comes a world of extraordinary imagination. <laughs> Spooky secrets. Who are you? You're in terrible danger, girl. <laughs> and daring discoveries. I still have to find my parents to set them free. When adventure comes knocking. There are some doors that should never be opened. Written for the screen and directed by Henry Sell. All right, and we have reached our main feature, uh, which we'll be closing out our kid-friendly horror series with Kyle's pick on Coraline, which came out in 2009. So, Kyle, can you uh, give the tea bags a synopsis, a reason why you chose this, and uh, maybe offer up some of your political views while you're at it? <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to NPR. Today on the show, we'll be recounting the story and importance of Coraline. Yeah, so I chose Coraline. Uh, this movie's fucking sick. I've always loved this movie. Um, this movie, of course, came out in 2009. It's directed by Henry Selick, who folks might know for one, not being Tim Burton, and for two, uh, <laughs> directing The Nightmare Before Christmas, which Tara mentioned earlier, which is, I mean, essentially another children horror adjacent horror horror film basically uh spooky movie he also made james and the giant peach which is fucking terrifying in my opinion some of that stuff that is movie scared the shit out of me yeah same here he also notably directed a movie which i love a uh, monkey bone with breaded fraser oh man that was the movie that uh we were watching when cassidy threw up all over the house tara oh man yeah Oh, yeah, it was on my grade four birthday. My friend Frasier. threw up all over the house when we were watching oh, Monkey Bone. What a <laughs> Monkey Bone! While running up the stairs. Yeah, he made a magic cover most of the house and puke. 
Yeah. This, that's crazy. This I had was, no idea he did Monkey Bone. Yeah. And like Monkey, for those who haven't seen it, it's like basically, I guess, half live action, half like stop motion animation, which is, you know, why he's involved in it. And, and it like historically like video. And yes, that too. It, it totally bombed. Like the movie did terribly yeah. at the box office. So he didn't get a lot of like, like he worked on a lot of projects, but Coraline was kind of his next big project. And, um, this shit's awesome. I mean, I'll give you the synopsis here. Be careful what you wish for. When Coraline moves into an old house, she feels bored and neglected by her parents. She finds a hidden door with a bricked up passage. During the night, she crosses the passage and finds a parallel world where everybody has buttons instead of eyes. With caring parents and all of her dreams coming true, when the other mother invites Coraline to stay in her world forever, the girl refuses and finds out the alternative reality where she is trapped is only a trick to lure her. So it's a, yeah, to be careful what you wish for type uh, scenario. Very Goosebumps-esque in the plot. Um, and, I mean, the story of Coraline is a pretty, like, you know, tried and true story. It's not, it's not groundbreaking, but what is groundbreaking or, I guess, notable is the stop-motion animation in this movie. It's just totally whimsical, completely, um, you know, imaginative in its own way. I guess the only thing I could compare it to would be something like the nightmare before Christmas where it's like inherently spooky or, you know, really going off almost like a, a Gothic kind of aesthetic to some degree. Uh, you know, nothing's really like, you know, beautiful, round and beautiful. Everything's like these sharp edges and kind of imperfect, but it's the look that really works well for this movie. Um, the voice of Coraline is done by none other than Dakota Fanning, who <laughs> was kind of killing it at the time. Like this is kind of, I guess, I, be- I guess Girls. the decline. This is right after I Am Sam, yes, and Uptown Girls, yes, and The Cat in the Hat, Little Alone, Stitch Two, Stitch Has a Glitch, Charlotte's <laughs> Web, glitch. um, <laughs> The Twilight Saga, New Moon Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn Part Two. Um, She's in those. So, holy shit! Or wait, I ever. think I knew. Isn't she in the Volturi? Yes, she is. She's like one of the heads of the Volturi. If if anyone out there hasn't seen Breaking Dawn Part 2 yet, you need to watch it. Dude, that's the only one I haven't seen. That's the only one I haven't seen. (laughs) Mitch, please do me a favor. You have to watch that one. It is so... I told Courtney that we would do... I I would watch all of them with her, and I'm like just putting it off every day. (laughs) You... Take it from me. You don't even need to watch the other one. Stepfather 3, this thing. That movie is so fucking insane, man. I love it. It's so bad, it's good. Like, I'm not even kidding. It's so terrible. It's amazing. Anyway, anyway, Dakota Fanning, of course, most known for being Elle Fanning's sister at this point. Uh, And uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, she voices Coraline, and then her mother is voiced by Terry Hatcher, who's been a, a ton of stuff. The Love Boat, Lewis and Clark, the New Adventures of Superman, or is it Lois? It's Lois. Lois and Clark. Sorry, Lois, not yeah. Lewis. Not Lewis Stevens. She was in Spy Kids, the first one. Don't forget that. Uh, and then I guess at the time she was most known for like Desperate Housewives. That was kind of her claim or her resurgence to fame, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, gro- like I wasn't super young when this came out. I was like 14, 15 when this came out, but it kind of hit that perfect, like, like, that's when I was really starting to get into movies. Like, oh, man, I went to a movie every single weekend at Galaxy Cinemas. And at the time, I was watching, like, I don't know, Borat and, like, 300 and, like, I don't <laughs> know. There's like, just nothing like, wrong with Borat. <laughs> no, 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 these aren't bad <laughs> things. But, like, you know, 
lo- very, very different shit than Coraline. If anything, yeah. I was watching stuff that was more mature because I was 14 and I thought cartoons were for babies. But then yeah. something like Coraline comes out and I'm like, oh, holy shit. Like, you know, you can make a good cartoon, like even now, like not the stuff I'm just like nostalgic for. Like this is actually like yeah. very well made. There's some art and craft like gone into this. This is the first film by Leica Films. And I think I was going to ask that because like I, I've also like when I've looked it up, it said that like Corpse Bride is technically a Leica film, but I oh, that's not right. a Leica yeah. movie. Is it's, it? It's not, but it's like a lot of the folks who worked on yeah, like, but or they who were from Leica. Yeah, so they started Leica Studios after like Coraline was the first official Leica film, though, right? Exactly. So then we got Coraline, Paranorman, Kubo and the Two Strings, The Box Trolls, and Missing Link. I forgot to tell you, I watched Missing Link. Oh, any good? Was it any uh, good? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's too I bad, really, man. Because yeah, I wasn't pretty, into it. Courtney thought I, it was adorable. I didn't. I didn't care for it. I've heard about. I've heard that from like everyone. Do you know what Missing <laughs> Link is, Terry? Well, remind me about it. When did it come out? Who's in it? I think it came out last. Yeah, last year. And it's so it's a like a movie. It's another stop motion. Uh, Hugh Jackman and Zach Galifianakis, Zoe Saldana, uh, Timothy Oliphant, Emma Thompson, Stephen Fry. Like so, it's amazing cast. Like all like a movies it are should have been good. Yeah, and it huh. like it's not it's not bad. It's just it's not. Um, it's definitely my least favorite of all their movies. But the thing is, I. Can't and it became like a like uh, like oh no we've lost Mitch you're glitching bro you're glitching <laughs> I, I got into oh yeah and you guys were glitching before are oh. we good yeah now we're smooth no oh you're you frozen again yep what I'm getting some uh, Friday the 13th or sorry the Nightmare on Elm Street flashbacks right now with this happening yeah, I don't know why it has a poor connection. I'm directly connected. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I we can, can hear you now. And see you now. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, could so could you hear me say that Paranorman was the first Leica movie I saw? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I saw Paranorman first, loved it, became obsessed with like. Obviously, I grew up with Nightmare Before Christmas and like that stop motion, like Wallace and Gromit is stop motion. Like I always, yeah, I always loved that shit. Like even if I wasn't a big Wallace and Gromit fan, I just loved the art style. And uh, I I fell so heavily into like the makings of uh, like I want to know how Paranorman was made. So I picked up the Blu-ray of Coraline and uh, the the special features on all of these things are amazing. I know Kyle was making fun of me for owning the Blu-ray of the Box Trolls, but I really like the Box Trolls. I, actually, I wasn't making fun of you. I was impressed that you're one of four people that have seen the Box Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's decent, man. It's good. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it's just like I a strange like, movie to make, I think. But all these, all, like these guys, are clearly pros. Like nobody does stop motion like Leica films. Like they take the time yeah. and the energy and the crazy budgets. Like stop motion films, they always cost a lot because they take a lot of like time and energy and production costs. It's like a, it's a huge stage play essentially. Multiple, multiple sets. Yeah, and, like I think yeah, there was a so, hundred and thirty sets were built for Coraline. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, insane. I'm looking at it right here. It says over a hundred and thirty sets were built across fifty-two different stages at the studio, spanning one hundred eighty-three thousand square feet. The fifty-two st- different stages were the most ever deployed for a stop-motion animated feature at the time. I believe it was superseded by uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, which they also did. Which Tara, also have Kubo you seen Kubo awesome. yet? I have not. Oh, it's fucking awesome. That. Yeah, like 
writing it down. I, I still think Paranorman. Yeah. Par- and it's on Netflix too, I think. Yeah. I think it is on Netflix, but um, I just, yeah, I just love Coraline, Paranorman and Kubo are just all so, so good. So yeah. Good. When I was thinking I of like what movie are off the bat, but like, sorry, go ahead, Mitch. Oh no. Uh, no, sorry. I thought you were cutting out. <laughs> I thought you, you were cutting out. This is funny. Uh, you, I don't know why the connection's being so bad today. That's yeah, wacky. That's weird. that's weird. Hasn't been this way in a long, long time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I I was having kind of a hard time originally to, w- between which film I was going to pick, this or Paranorman. And I don't know. I had to really think, like, I think, I think Paranorman is probably sl- a slightly better film, to be honest. But I have a lot of great memories with Coraline, and it was a movie I haven't seen in a while. I really wanted to revisit it for the show. And I, I feel like, it, even though it does get talked about a decent amount, I feel like Leica Films could always just use some more love. I feel like these folks deserve like all the attention they, in the world, really. And watching this again, like I think I might like it even more than I originally did. Like I had such a blast rewatching this. I felt so, I don't know, just like wholesome and like all around warm inside while watching Coraline. Yeah. I felt like a fucking kid, you know, it was great. Yeah. Like there, it's just a, it's a dark twisted fantasy disguised as a kid's movie. So totally. it's something very reminiscent of like a Guillermo del Toro type movie. Like, so it's a kind of shit totally. that I just yeah. eat up. Like I, I love that. So it's almost like a kid friendly pans labyrinth of sorts. Um, but that's what you can expect from have, have any of us read the original novel by Neil Gaiman. No, nope. but no, Courtney I bought a copy of it when we were in uh, Calgary. Yeah, we yeah, were it would have been a year ago. When we yeah, went we were to the Calgary. Ghost concert in Calgary, uh, we went to, what was that? That It was like a book and gaming store. What was, do you yeah, remember? Just, the Coliseum or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That something, sounds right. I don't know. It was somewhere Darcy told us we needed to go. And, uh, and yeah, Courtney bought the book Coraline, but I don't think she's read it yet. No, she hasn't, and I, I definitely want to read it because, like, I'm I'm a fan of Gaiman's work. Like, he's but the thing is, he's just like he's such a twisted storyteller. But there's always like there's a wealth of different types of symbolism in all types of in all of his work, and this movie is definitely no exception. Like, um, I honestly, it sounds bad because we're a podcast and we should have put I should have put the time in to do this, but uh, you could probably dissect this thing for an hour and a half, like. There are so many different symbols and different things that uh, that have different meanings in this movie that uh, I just didn't have time to prepare for. But like the, there's just certain things that, you know, really stand out to make it just a really cool story that it's it's so strange that it's being told through the lens of a kid's fic- like a fictional kid story. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool watching it with their with my nieces, with Tara's kids. Uh, Grace and Scout. I know Scout was she, her eyes were glued to the screen the whole time. Gracie was a little creeped out, is what it seemed like. Oh yeah, no, Gracie was. Uh, I think because I had watched it with Gracie maybe two years ago, so like she had vague, vague remembrances, and like she was talking about right when we started the movie, she was talking about the buttons for eyes and yeah. So she remembered she was like, all of it. She was starting to remember what was coming and she was like freaking herself out. Um, but uh, yeah, the, they were, they were both totally glued to it. Yeah. I wrote down some quotes from Gracie. Yeah. She had some, 
deep thoughts that night, hey? Yeah. Well, yeah, what she said, what she said when uh, it turned into nighttime, she said, at night, that's when the doll's morning begins. Yeah. And that's very, it's like, okay, Gracie, you're, you're right. correct. Yeah. Um, she also said, mom, it's sad that, da- that the dad cares more about work than his own daughter. She said that was such a sass. Correct. So yeah, funny. I think she, that was a dig at me. Yeah. Yeah. And she looked over at me like, kind of like, this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then what the hell? Oh, yeah. She was talking about when the button parents are tucking in Coraline. She just said, they actually want to eat her. Yeah. It's just. Oh, it, that was the most. I mean, like, I've, I've seen Coraline a few times. And so, like, watching it. But I was I was watching it mainly to watch the girls' reactions at this most recent watch, and that that like it's just that was just such a great night. That was magical, and like but yeah. when, by the time you and Courtney left, the girls were just like on cloud nine, and they're like, "That was so much fun. Can, when can we do that again?" And yeah, and they oh, no God. nightmares, no anything like really. That's good because yeah, like this. I re- that's the thing I remember most from watching this movie because like. I like I said I saw Paranorman first and then I saw this and I think this is definitely even more twisted than Paranorman like without yeah, a doubt I like, think so Par- too yeah Paranorman sure it has zombies and like ghouls and everything but this is just like in concept and theory alone it's just such a twisted Darker. story yeah yeah oh. and it's it's one of those things like that to me this is the kind of thing that I could see scaring the shit out of me when I was a kid like I was terrified of Secret of Nim. Or yeah. Secret of the Nim, like stuff like that. Like that movie is uh, fucking scary, though. Yeah, I don't. And even it never didn't matter if it was story fucked me up. Yeah, never ending really? story. Yeah, yeah. There's there's just something about like even like the the animation style. It's just everything about it is so creepy. And uh, yeah, I just I love it. Yeah. So I was definitely super excited when Kyle chose this one. Yeah, it's like it's for me. It's just so gorgeous because everything about it looks almost like like a twisted like Wes Anderson film or something like that. Like it's like really, really calculated. But then, but then when you're watching, like everything just kind of feels off. Like nothing really feels like right. Like nothing's mm-hmm. in the right place, especially unsettling. when like, yeah, unsettling. That's a great way to put it. And like, I mean, those buttons for eyes, that shit is so terrifying. The idea of that alone, like there's some genuinely shocking scenes in this. So I was curious, actually, when you were saying on your watches with your daughters, how they felt watching it. It seems like they weren't that scared by it, but I think I would have been scared too. (laughs) I think they got the biggest reaction out of what we all got the biggest reaction out of. Can anyone take a guess? The the scary ass mother. (laughs) I'm trying. I can't remember. Scout's currently under my desk right now. Get out of here. <laughs> you have a guest. <laughs> Did you guys hear what I was saying? No. Unfortunately, no. Okay. Yeah, this connection is just garbage tonight. Um, I think that the kids had the biggest reaction to something that wasn't necessarily scary that we all had the biggest reaction out of. And I'm pretty sure even though we didn't watch it with Kyle, uh, I think we can all take a guess at what it was. Any Any guesses? The spider. No, the gigantic boobs. <laughs> oh yeah like just absurd Dolly Parton yeah. style that's right that we the, that was a reaction the whole house had a reaction to that that is this is like a definitely like a hard PG yeah. you know like it's definitely not a G this is a PG film <laughs> without a doubt like, I know that, it's just such a strange choice 
<laughs> I loved it. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I probably could have done without because it just kind of felt weird in a kid's movie, I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, I guess it's like the weird, twisted nature of Coraline in general. Like Even like her other neighbor, um, what's his name, Mr. Oh, God, Babinski or something? No, Babinski, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the upstairs neighbor. Who's voiced by the one Ian who's McShane. climbing the house at the beginning? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And Ian McShane yeah, is like he's crazy. Great. Like and like yeah, like Keith David versus the cat. I love oh, that. A horror icon. Basically. Solid. I mean the man was in the thing. Yeah, like and there's actually a couple like horror references in Coraline too. Like the the her squid, like uh stuffy. It's supposed to be like a face hugger, and then like at the end he's like hugging the dad's face. Like a reference to Alien. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I didn't catch that. I noticed it earlier because I, I definitely probably wouldn't have noticed the first time I had seen this or even the last time. But I noticed it because when they're when she goes into like the opposite world or like the other, you know, the mirrored version of her reality, the little like everything's like talking and the little an- the little stuffed animal starts talking to Coraline saying like, oh, I just want to hug your face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's just like fun little like quirks like that that make this movie stick out for me like even watching it like it's 90 minutes and it passes by so fast like the pacing in this movie is really really good like in those 90 minutes it gets a lot done and like it it spends each you know each i don't know different scene and construction really really well because some of some stop motion films like while they're like impressive on like a technical way there's not a lot of good like direction, but this movie has really, really good direction. And like the way the camera moves in a lot of different places is, is what really makes it stand out and like mm-hmm. makes it feel even more lively. And like, you really get sucked into this world so fast. Um, one thing I noted is, have you guys ever played Majora's mask on N64? I did. I can <laughs> definitely I wouldn't have been say a I have thing. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I, I mean, I never noticed this before, but this is totally reminds me of Majora's Mask, especially the yeah, end of the film. To- yeah, it is. It, it's it's so like dark and whimsical, like that. Well, even like the moon is like like the doomsday is about to happen, and the moon's about to like turn into a button, and then like the big boss has like several different forms. I don't know. Maybe I just yeah. have Zelda on the brain, but <laughs> yeah, and like that. That's the craziest thing about these movies is that you know, obviously. Most movies are, they take, you know, at most a month or three months. Like some blockbusters will take like three months to actually shoot. Like they shot this over 18 months. That's so insane. <laughs> because like they have to, like they're, they're changing everyone's like their facial, like their, their faces and like just their reactions to everything, their arms. It's just like stop motion to me is just the craziest thing in the world. And it's just like. A pure of it's like the one of the purest forms of art in my mind. I think yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the first stop motion film to be shot in 3D too. Yes, yeah. So they correct. were like using like new technology, well not new, but like different technology that had like a lot of like odds against them to get this thing together. And I think like Coraline, she has 16 different expressions in a span of 35 seconds. <laughs> that gives you an idea of how wild this this film was put together. Yeah, no kidding. Did you watch this in 3D? Like, what did did you see this in the theater, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. When I first saw this, I actually saw it in 3D in the theater with like the at the time they would have been like somewhat new. This would have been it was just like after the real that. D. Yeah, this would have been just before Avatar, I guess. 
So yeah, yeah, it was when like Real D was becoming like, you know, popular. But actually, I have my DVD box set right next to me with a pair of red and blue 3D glasses, which honestly, part of me did want to watch it that way, but I decided not to because I knew that would have been the wrong choice. And yeah, for once, I got a headache. <laughs> for once, I uh, I made a, a healthy choice for myself. Yeah, no it doubt. looks like those 3D glasses have never been opened, Kyle. Zion, they are in the package. Yeah, you're keeping them pristine. <laughs> I got this box set from, uh, oh, fuck, where's it from? Canadian Tire. I got it from Canadian wow. Tire for $4. I'll what? never forget it. That's that a, a steal. of a deal. That's, That's what I'm saying. Steal. You don't yeah, just pass no. on that. No, agreed, agreed. <laughs> I don't know. So what What did you guys think? Because you you've seen the film before, but like during this viewing... I mean, you had the chance to watch it with some actual children, which I think was probably necessary for this children's series of films. What was what was that helped. like? Like, yeah, did it help? Like, did you think, like, you said half of the fun was just watching their experience, but like being in a room with actual children—that's kind of like being in a theater with people actually laughing. It's kind of a. It is, yeah. Like it, it amplifies your experience. I feel like, and it also, um, I, I don't know if if the experience would have been the the same with Mitchell because he's not their parent but I was feeling like anxious as scenes were taking shape because I was I was worried about their reactions right. and so like it was almost like like the the garden scene that's like super trippy and and uh like looks like an acid trip I was like I, f- I felt like sweaty and anxious watching it because I was like, oh my God, like, what are they, are they going to have <laughs> nightmares? Am I going to be on up all night with them? Uh, and so like it added to the creep factor in that kind of regard. And then, yeah, yeah just overall enjoyment. I just, that's one of my favorite things about being a parent is like sharing things that I love with them and then kind of getting to see it again through their eyes. Yeah, and I didn't have those experiences at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I doubt you were worried about their... because nope, I knew that the minute the movie ended, I could go home, and even if they were screaming, you would have to deal with that. Not my problem. Uh, <laughs> but I just like seeing their reaction to... Like, I don't know. I always wonder, especially, like, I'm, I always get curious how, you know, the youth will react to stuff that I love. Because technology is changing so quickly, and especially... Um, Grace and Scout, they've been spoiled with stuff like they love How to Train Your Dragon and all that kind of animation. And it's tough to say if this type of animation will hold their attention. And yeah. uh, it's really cool that it does. Absolutely. Yeah. So Maybe that's where... What's that? Maybe it's because there's just not so much of it. Like, you don't see a lot of stop motion, you know, because they take so much time and effort to actually produce something like this. So maybe, maybe it just feels so different. Like, I, yeah, mean, I guess I kind of feel that way too, to some extent. But for example, like you, you weren't even born Kyle when nightmare before Christmas came out. Were you? That's a, that's a fact. That's yeah. That's wild. Fact. That's wild. Yeah. So when I was a kid, like watching nightmare before Christmas at like five or six, so you would have been like one or two or whatever. Like that's small bed. Yeah. At that time, like the nightmare before Christmas creeped me out when I was a kid, like mm-hmm. uh, it didn't scare me, like make me lose sleep or anything like that, but it was creepy. Yeah, and, sure. uh, I could see that. It sticks into your memory, and that's why I think that movie, especially that movie, I think it, it that's a different example where the music helps, like with having uh, Danny Elfman 
right. scoring that movie and singing through it. And it has so many incredible songs to it that, that that's just a movie that's going to have an imprint on any young mind's imagination. Uh, but that this is, this doesn't have any of that really flashy stuff to, to keep them entertained, to keep them invested. Oh, mm-hmm. I see and, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know in, in my mind, like Coraline has always just seemed like a really adult kids movie. I totally agree. I think it's a, it's a good example of a kids movie that doesn't really treat its like intended audience as like babies. It's just a bit more yeah. like, it's obviously for kids. It's not for like, it's not rated R. That's not the intent, but you know, it's not necessarily like throwing in 10 pop songs or like making yeah. fart jokes every five seconds. It's a bit more, it's just treating its audience with a bit more respect, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for that reason, it actually kind of ages pretty well because this movie's already 11 years old, but it feels like fresh as hell. Like it feels oh, like it's good. Yeah, this one's going to age very well, along with all of the Leica stuff, I think. Agreed. No, I, I think I absolutely think so, too. Yeah. Well, it's a, I just think it's a great movie. I don't have a whole lot of else to say, but I know our connection has been sucking for this this main feature. <laughs> so I do apologize to our listeners if I'm not sure if it's going to how it's going to turn out. But uh, the Internet has uh, not been nice to us. And this is how we have to do things during quarantine. And um, so I apologize in advance. But. Hopefully Don't it all works. Sorry. Out. Don't be sorry, Mitch. Do you guys this have is, anything uh, else you want to say about Coraline? Let me see. I think um I think the one thing I did want to mention was actually how frightening some of these scenes actually are. Like there's a legitimate jump scare in this movie that scared that like got me. Didn't really yeah. scare me, but like I jumped a bit. And the fact that like the big baddie is a giant spider um yeah, is nightmare else- fuel for me. I love how she right. slowly becomes that character too, though. That's oh, the coolest part. Because she's yeah, really man. just the other mom. What, what's the name for her again? Like in the other story, mother. I know. Other, uh, mother. other mother, but she's also the oh, Bel- Beldum. Beldum? Beldum. Beldum. Yeah, Beldum. Which, yeah, that's what, I don't know. I think. I think that's something that they more so reference in the book, from what I've read. Like I, I read up on this a little bit, but uh, I did. That's too. who her the, character is. Yeah, in the book, they kind of talk more about how like it's like like I mean the movie kind of makes sense of it too. She's sort of like this like insect like parasite type character yeah. that you know infects and can take control of, I guess Coraline's world and the situation. But which no, makes her, a lot of sense also since she finds it in a hole in the wall. That's true. <laughs> also, yeah. like now that I think about it, there's so many like the movie has so many bugs. Like there's like bug chairs and there's like she finds like worms in the shower and there's like. Dude, that's like, like a Henry creepy. Selleck thing. That or, really it, is. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe Henry, maybe Neil Gaiman has that shit all over the book as well. But uh, Henry Selleck does that like crazy in Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, James There's so the many Peach things story. about this that are James and the Giant Peach. Like uh, uh, the the two aunties in James and the Giant Peach, they're kind of reminiscent of uh, the Big Boobs McGee. That's true. <laughs> they're like psychics. They're yeah. like, uh, have you guys ever gone to a psychic? Oh, yeah. yeah yes, I have. I have. Oh my, okay, whoa, hold on. I've never been to a psychic. <laughs> okay. Are they so cool? Some... I thought mine was full of shit. Mine was when I, I was, but to be fair, she did tell me I was going to be working by water someday. <laughs> whoa, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she oh told my me that. god, that's the first time I've heard you say that in a while. That's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. It's and it's funny because I, I've been thinking about that through all of my adult life because like I, I she was obviously, she was talking to me about how like I, I had mentioned that I like wanted, like I love BC and everything. And like at the time I had a lot of interest in boats and I like wanted to build boats and stuff. She's like, well, you're going to be working by water someday. Maybe <laughs> she it. meant you just watch Jaws 
once a week for the rest of your life. Yeah, that could be true. But I'm also working with water every single day. (laughs) So that's yeah. I saw yeah. With the one we went to, Dad took me to see Roxanne, who was on Idlewild. (laughs) Oh, she's Yeah. yeah. She's got she's got quite the reputation. Yeah, that's what I hear. And yeah. Tara, didn't you see see one that's apparently legit? Yeah, I saw one who's she's like a psychic and like medium. Okay. And she does it for the police, doesn't she? Well, yeah, she has she has consulted on missing persons cases. Wow. So she's uh, so that's I mean, where our taxpayers' dollars are going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard-earned taxpayers' yeah. dollars. Going there, the. Uh, Something you might not know about my family, Kyle, is that we are like super into the like paranormal and. Uh, well, it doesn't surprise me much. Some of them. Mediums and astrology and. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay. What else? And then there's me that shits all over all of it. <laughs> well, he shits all over it, but he can't. You can't escape it. Like between me, Mum, and Ashley. Like yeah. we're the three of us are convinced we're we're actual powerful witches. So and Courtney oh. as well. So I could see. Yeah, I'm surrounded I, by lunatics, and my I dad is obsessed Carney with The like, Bachelor. I just I just, <laughs> know where I think to go. Courtney is just secretly controlling Mitch. You know, like she has this witch power over him. I could see it, it like a voodoo doll type situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense at this point. Honestly, oh, kind of. Oh my god. You know so what we kidding, didn't have in this you. episode, though, Kyle, is we didn't have you reviewing anything as Mitch. I thought about that earlier, actually. Yeah. Honestly, thought... it would have... <laughs> That's I should a, have given you of... Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. I know. Oh, man, that would have been, been a good one. That's a that's that's a much better bit of the cancellation corner. Let's be honest. Kyle, would you like to go to a, a, a psychic? What, what would you call him? Because I, I got a card, a medium. I, I have a card. Honestly, maybe, maybe that's something I'll have to do for the show. Maybe I'll need to go see a psychic and report back with <gasps> my findings. Oh, let's do an episode for Halloween where everybody sees a psychic. Well, oh, I already said it. that I, I wanted to bust out a Ouija board and try and contact Ernest. Or Tanner Z. Aww. Or Tanner Z. Frick. <laughs> 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 I'm game. I right, definitely he, go see a psychic. Yeah. I go see a psychic and do the Ouija board. I yeah. do it all. I don't know. For me, I, like it's funny. It's funny picking these movies sometimes, Mitch, because you know I'll pick a movie like Coraline where I know I love it, and it's one of those things where I'll watch it and I'll just be like, "Man, what a fucking good movie!" But yeah. I don't really know what to say about it other than that. Like it's just one of those movies where I feel like if you haven't seen this movie, which maybe you haven't, because it's not that it's old, niche. and so it's well, a little and it's bit niche. niche too. And I guess, like, I'm for our audience, like, people, like, you know, a little bit older, so maybe they haven't seen a kid's movie from 2009. So if you haven't seen this, like, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it's a good Absolutely. one. All right. Well, let's wrap it up, folks. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Tara. We will have you back again soon for a legitimate book club episode. We will bring that back in uh, soon, hopefully before the new year. And awesome. uh, we'll start doing that again at least every couple months. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, this year has been crazy. It's been uh, a wild ride. Yeah, yeah it's been wild. <laughs> yeah, thank but, you so uh, much for being here, Tara. It was yeah, a no blast. Thanks. This is it's like honestly such a fun, fun experience, and like yeah, I'm getting getting to throw a movie night with Mitch and Courtney coming over and the girls. They were so excited, and they can't wait to do it again. So yeah, Uncle we definitely Mitch will, will do that again. Another soon. spooky movie. 
Yeah, I will just say that when they came over when I was babysitting, this is the last thing I'll say, when I was babysitting them, it uh, would have been last year around this time, they were really into Spider-Man at the time, so they gravitated toward, they went to my Blu-ray shelf and they ran straight for, Sp- I have like 10 Spider-Man movies, guess which one they chose? Spider-Man 3. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Wow. <laughs> so like, this is like, that's like the Batman <laughs> That's like the Batman and Robin of Spider-Man movies. Really? <laughs> it's like the worst one, but it's so funny because they put it on and like they it wouldn't hold their attention. It wouldn't even hold their attention. It's such a bad movie. That's, That's the one know. with Electro and uh, oh the dubstep yeah. score. Yeah. Oh God, that movie's <laughs> terrible. Scout loves Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, but that's why I was like, "Are you guys sure you don't want to?" Watch? Like, I was trying to convince them to watch Spider-Man Two, like with Tobey Maguire. It's like I love that movie. Well, we've watched. That's a good one. Like since COVID happened and and like lockdown, we watched every Marvel movie with the girls, every <laughs> Avengers. Like we watched the whole Avengers series with the girls. Wow. Uh, we watched all the Star Wars movies. Hell yeah! And all of the Harry Potter movies in sequence. Jesus Christ! And I watched Stay Alive twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you have done. That gives you some perspective. Yeah. So yeah, like movie movies are a big deal in our house, but oh, uh, yeah, like, awesome. in the beginning of uh, of quarantine and stuff, we really we went hard, and it was yeah, got through all of our series serieses, and now uh, open to recommendations for other movie series that kids might like. We tried Men in Black, and they weren't really into it. Yeah, yeah I was wondering how that one would work out. You know what? Honestly, and sorry to go off on a tangent here, but when we watched Met the first Men in Black, about halfway through the movie, talking about Gracie's hot takes, Gracie was like, why aren't there any women in black? She's like, <laughs> like oh, there it is. Eight. I you was were like, so happy, weren't you? I looked over because she was sitting in between Chris and I and Chris and I like looked at each other and I was, I, I mean, like my job's done. I've done my job. She is. <laughs> She's grown. She's intelligent. She's uh, ready for the Sopranos. She's critical of of the media that she's taking in. Like I am, I'm a proud woman. Hell yeah. That's that's media literacy. Very important thing. Exactly. That's question. Everything you're told and everything you read. That's what I try to teach them anyway. Yes. Go crazy. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time on the Terror Table, which is in a short few days. So enjoy that episode. And uh, yeah, thanks again, guys.